Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, this is a little behind the scenes, but I can finally see you this week. Welcome back to the, uh, yeah, been- the video Zoom chat life. Thank you. And um, the camera is such that it's looking up at me. And all my ladies know that's just a bad angle. You can't have it that. Is. So I'm looking, I'm looking down at it. So I'm looking at my chins. I feel not great about it. But no, it's good to be back. Good to, good to get this mug back out there for the people. Do you know that? Yeah, maybe you'll see some of this on uh, Instagram. Do you know that there was a rise in chin plastic surgery when video chatting became so popular? And I don't mean Zoom last year. I mean like FaceTiming in general. So 10 years ago. Yeah, people are dumb. Angles, angles will fix the chin situation. Just get it eye level or a little bit above. But if you're like me also and have a receding hairline, then you're stuck. Then you can really just go at eye level to fix both problems. You know that because uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know that because you're a reporter, but that also would make you a good Instagram boyfriend because you understand the angles and the positives and negatives. So it's important. It's Lindsay. It's insane how many of my friends don't understand basic lighting principles when taking a picture, like the sun. You mm-hmm. don't put your back to the sun, guys. I've been telling you that for like 10 years. And guess what? They still do it and they still complain when it's a, it's a shitty picture. 1000%. Yeah. No, you don't, I don't, you don't have to stand directly like in front of the sun or I should say facing the sun, but just a little bit of an angle, just something like you're not going to beat the sun. I don't care how good, how sweet the picture is, how nice the golf course is behind you. The sun's going to win every single time. Okay. The episode title will certainly be about the sun. So thank you for that. Uh, Gem of wisdom. And yeah, for everyone listening, the sun is your friend or it can be your foe. Just depends what you do with it. The sun's undefeated. The sun is undefeated uh, as I'm getting ready to go on vacation and get a sunburn. Um, Okay. So we're going to do our town talk this week again. We are going to jump into Bear Town, which we've been teasing forever. Um, I think I've forgotten a lot of my thoughts at this point, but I'm sure I can still conjure some up. Let's start, though, with the Mayor of Easttown episode two, just briefly, which I loved. And again, this is going to be something where I watched the pilot. And I was like, I didn't like this, but this show is for me. And this is where we got into the, this show is for me. It is so broad churchy. It just specifically in this episode, I don't know if it's going to continue that way. But again, this is something I think we tell you a lot on this podcast. If you have not watched broad church, I believe it is still on Netflix. Go do that now. It's an amazing show. Um, but yeah, I, I just loved this episode, we are getting hints at suspects. We are getting more town secrets. A lot of things are happening. What did you think of episode two? I think that episode one could have been like, it It felt like a premier, not a premier network, but a a network prestige drama, like judging Amy kind of, you know what I mean? But like a low level judging Amy, like here is our heroine and it revolves around her and all the things that she deals with in her town, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end there was like, Oh, this murder. And then the show completely shifted. So that first hour was for me, you didn't love it because I think you were expecting one thing, but, and you got paid off in episode two clearly with a kind of who done it vibe of it. But I, I didn't know I had, I hadn't seen a preview. I hadn't seen anything which is very rare for me. So I went into it not expecting anything. And I loved it. I loved getting to know all the characters because I, I, I think you would agree. We are so deep into all these characters now. Like I know like what motivates 
Kate Winslet's mom, Jean Smart. I know what motivates uh, Siobhan. Uh, you know, I understand the pain of Aaron's dad. So all these characters acting out and acting their their way, I can understand because I spent an hour with them last week. I, that's something that Broadchurch didn't do. Broadchurch is great. I'm not saying any. You won't hear me say anything negative about Broadchurch, but Mayor of Easttown took their time to develop everybody and get to know everybody. And now the whodunit is on in a big way. And I do think, I will say this, last week I wanted to throw out a prediction that I thought it was her ex-husband that did it. Oh. Roy from The Office, right? Oh my gosh, just wait, that's not him. Is it really him? Yeah. And he looks like him, but that's actually him? Yeah, dude, come on. I, I, I've, I've seen The Office, but I'm not like that quick with the character recognition her her ex-boyfriend ex-husband ex-husband yeah roy right? Right time. it's roy right oh 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 jenna fisher's ex-husband jenna yes. fisher's yeah yeah, yeah anyway, i think so oh. so if you go back and watch episode one at the end when they're doing like the big the quick cuts the morning after the night of everyone's morning and how they're getting their day started roy comes into the kitchen with his brand new wife and is like super happy and gives her a kiss and it's the morning after their engagement party. So, you know, maybe there's just, you know, and then, you know, they cut to, there's a couple of other things and then they cut to uh, dead Aaron in the Creek, but I'm glad I didn't throw out my prediction last week because it's clearly not him. Yeah. Because anyone who knows anything about these, I mean, if you're listening, you've seen all these shows, you know, that the first prime suspect that they really toss your way at the end of episode two is not going to be the guy. Um, except, or, or unless, of course, it's... The Undoing. The Undoing, yeah. in which case, meh. So David Denman mm-hmm. is Roy from The Office, and he is, in fact, Frank Sheehan in this. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest, I did not make that connection, so mm-hmm. thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's not... Yeah, so we are a little bit into spoiler land, but we're not necessarily um, telling you why he's pointed to at the end of episode two but i agree with you i don't think it's him the undoing was a rare situation because the way that that story was initially told it wasn't shocking that hugh grant was the whodunit um the way that they did it in the show made it more surprising that it was like the first suspect was the real killer but yeah the twist was that there was no twist which i don't which is fine i guess it's different because like we are so used to seeing hey episode one you think it's this guy and then it's never that guy which which i think will hold true for this i think they're pointing to him in episode two and i don't think it's him i can i make a prediction that's based on the episode title which was fathers yeah you think it's the priest yeah i think he he 100 is involved what he was saying about yeah she used to come to our church but she kind of fell off the off the map with us oh we we didn't stay in touch with her, wink, wink. Like, of course you did. You did stay in touch with her. Um, he is involved somehow. I don't know that he's physically the one who killed her, but he's. there's going to be something about him coming forward. That's a prediction. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, if I ran HBO, <laughs> which, hey, um, we all can dream, I would have just done a two-episode premiere. I, they don't ever do that, um, but a lot of, like, network or cable They don't have – HBO doesn't have to would be yeah, my argument because they know what people are going to watch because they have – yeah. They've got such a great track record. For sure. And I, it's, this is again, like in a perfect world, I think that 
the episode two was the payoff for the character development of episode one. And if you had put those two together, if you watch those two hours together, it would be way more impactful. But yeah, I mean, it, whatever we episode one was fine. I, like I said, I just I knew with all the exposition and character development that it was going somewhere that I was going to like. I just we weren't there yet. And then we got there for me and two. But I do think that I am interested to know are the two killings related? Are we going to find the first girl? Cause we still have not found her. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of whodunit questions that I have that I'm excited to find out the answers to. This is, I think this is going to be a little bit uh, page out of Broadchurch, page out of the killing page out of twin peaks where every episode kind of ends with, Oh my God, it's totally this person. Oh my God. It's totally the algebra teacher. That's actually, he actually is an algebra teacher, but I think at the end of one episode of the killing, they think it's the algebra teacher. First season? It's the first and second? The killing? Yeah. The first season. I'm trying to remember um the suspects in that one. But yeah, I um I really liked it. I, I recommended it after last week, even though I said I didn't like the first episode. I knew it was going somewhere good. I just I was not interested in the first episode. So we are both strongly recommending this on HBO if you have not watched it yet. It, it's often talked about uh, we we do it. I mean, we have a show on it. Gone are the days where there's appointment television week to week. HBO does its best to supply that with us with its uh, Sunday night Sunday night premiere television. This is one of them. So I highly recommend getting in now. If you haven't watched the first two, like Lindsay said, it's going to be a pleasure watching the first two together and then roll that into week three and I, like read articles about it the next day on Monday. If you really are thirsty for more content, it's fun. Um, have conversations with your family about it, your friends about it. That's like my favorite thing to do with this stuff and kick around who did it, who couldn't have done it. I'll tell you right now who didn't do it was that um, ex-girlfriend who's in custody right now. Or the ex-boyfriend who's... Or the ex-boyfriend who was... Yeah, Is he who, dead dead? He's not. There's no way he's dead. Okay. I, think I it, couldn't tell. Yeah. Sorry. If, he, spoiler alert. <laughs> That Italian family is they they're a joy to be around, aren't they? Milk through a window. Yeah, did he have to did he did he freeze the milk? I mean, I guess a gallon of milk is heavy enough to break a window. That's a weak ass window. That's it could break glass, I'm sure, but oh like a front window? Yeah. That's rough. East Town might be a place where we want to might maybe put bars on the windows soon. Totally. Yeah, you'd think you know, she's the head detective of the town. You think she'd have some like double pane stuff going on there. It's Maybe she needs a she needs a glass guy. Do you have a glass guy? I don't have a glass guy. That is not ever something I plan to have. Do you have a glass guy? <clears throat> um, I mean, I know glass guys. I'm a blue collar guy. Sure, I know. I know glass guys in San Francisco, the most blue collar city that that ever lived. All right. Um, the other thing I was going to say is just comparing this to the undoing, which we don't have to do, but I like, I already like this more. Um, I know that that was one of the other shows that we kind of talked about as this HBO appointment television. If you watched that and liked it, but didn't love it, I, I already put this ahead of that. I guess it could go south, but no pun intended with East. <laughs> I just, aha. I just, again, I, I can't get off of this. I love how, detailed the character of mare is on one hand she's insanely competent like she's a badass cop like when she arrived on the scene she ran the show she has she's in 
complete power of that town when she wants to be, but other parts of her life are an absolute mess. Like when she, when she decides she's going to get dressed up and she pulls out that makeup drawer and there's like hair in the lipstick tubes. And she's like, I guess I'm not going with that color. Like she is just an absolute mess in half of her life. It's the female antihero done well. And it is often not done well, especially in a, in a show written by men. Cause it is, this show is written and created by a man. And it's, like I said, it's done very well. So this actually kind of transitions me into the next show, which is also an HBO property where my favorite thing about it was how well developed the characters were and almost, I want to say how realistic they were. Um, We're going to talk about Beartown. Are you ready? Do you want me to give you the floor? How do you want, or I can just do my quick thoughts. Cause I think I have quick thoughts. and I think you have not quick thoughts. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I loved the show. I am very on the record as being a Euphoria stan. It is Euphoria is one of my favorite shows of the past couple of years. And to me, this was like, what if Euphoria wasn't as insane in terms of you're watching high school kids and you're you know that it's some relevance to like how high school really is now because it's very, very different for when we went to school a hundred years ago. And it reminded me of that in the way that like these characters feel very real and it feels like a very realistic picture of like the challenges of being a teen in a world where Instagram exists and you go to a party and someone's live streaming and there's comments and they just have to live in this horrible, terrible world that none of us did. Um, the sports aspect of it is amazing. They did a really good job with like these games and showing dramatic moments, but not in like a Mighty Ducks cheesy way. So love the sports, love the characters, love the kids. It's heavy. There's a lot of heavy stuff. Um, and I think they handled it pretty well. And like I said, it's it's a lot more realistic than you would see in other shows. I strongly recommended this, I think, from the beginning. And I, having seen it all, still feel that way. What are your thoughts? Um, God, forgive me. I feel like an idiot. They're on Iceland, right? Sweden. Sweden. Why kind was I? This, isn't all I was all ready to go, and I had I was so well thought out, but then I just forgot which country they were in. Um, I don't know why. I oh, you know why? Because Mighty Ducks two, Team Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a drama mm-hmm. that was written and produced in Scandinavia, in Sweden. It should not be relatable to American culture, yet it is so unbelievably relatable on just about every aspect. Uh, there's not a word of English in it. Uh, their cult, their practices, uh, there's a, there's some cultural things that are like a little off-putting, but for the most part, this could be in Minneapolis. This could be in, you know, if it was basketball in LA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, it is, so well done in that if you don't really, and I think they do a good job. If you watch the previews, they don't really give you a full idea as to what to expect. So if you just put it on and go on a ride with them, you will. Yeah. Fall in love with the characters. Um, It is so close to being an excellent show. I think it's a very, very good show. Uh, What makes it excellent is the, the imperfect hero, as you mentioned, there's this guy who used to play in the NHL. He comes back to his hometown. You can tell he had a successful run, 
but uh, his career ended a little sooner than a lot of people might have expected. You soon come to find out that there was alcohol abuse involved, and the alcohol abuse was um, kind of spurned on by a family tragedy. Again, they don't like, there's no expository monologue. There's no dialogue. They don't like rub your face in it. You kind of figure that out in due time, which is great. And more and more shows are trying to do this. And I love it because like I said, it's the worst when somebody holds my hand and tells me within like four minutes, like, Oh, their four-year-old son died and they're sad. And when he's sad, he drinks, you know what I mean? I can, I can figure that out. I'm not a moron. They go to this town. It's a team of God, what, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds, high school kids? Have they... I think I think Maya's 15. Um, okay. So I, I think it's just 15 ish. So Kevin's like 17. Kevin's like Maybe, been yeah. Kevin's like been the best hockey player in town for a few years. Um, you know, he's getting ready to go on to the next level, whatever the next level in Sweden is. And I gotta tell you, for the first couple of episodes, maybe you agree. Um, it's hard to tell these kids apart because they're all like tall, blonde kids. <laughs> I'm talking about the athletes, the, the hockey players, but you stick with it and you start figuring out who they are. There's, you know, a bad boy and you realize why he's bad. He's got his own things he's working through. Uh, Kevin is Kevin. He's the best player, the best hockey player. There's a big fat kid who goes through his own ups and downs. There's the, young kid who is a minority who you know is dealing with like socioeconomic issues his character arc is is very very good what makes this show not great in my opinion is the villain is so villainous and so evil and so dark that it's it's almost unrealistic Kevin? The bad guy the bad guy is Kevin's dad. Okay, okay. Who's super, super rich. He's threatening to pull a sponsorship all the time if he doesn't get his way. You know, if he doesn't get his way, the team collapses, the team collapses, half the town economy collapses. I kept waiting for his kind of motivation, like what uh, was spurning him on. And really all they say is that Kevin's rich dad is just jealous of this new coach who's back in town who, who actually made it career playing hockey um the rape scene is very well done because it's so hard to watch and they don't like cut away from it they don't like you know give you any an idea as to what's happening they like make you stand in that room and watch it and like experience it with the girl so you're kind of like traumatized as as a viewer and what sucks is that you kind of like kevin at that point because he's a good guy his dad's an asshole but you like you're kind of rooting for him because he's putting the team on his back. And if he does well, everyone in the show does well. Uh, so like I said, I, I didn't expect it to go that direction, but it did. And it's the show goes from being like a, a Mighty Ducks for high school kids, for young adults, to like a totally different drama. Well, uh, and it, 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 it's, it works super well. And that's why I bring up Euphoria because it's like the – realistic harshness of euphoria and again like the realities of being a teenager today mixed with the mighty ducks where we're playing hockey we love hockey and it's those it's those are could not be further emotionally from each other like euphoria is so tough to watch these kids are doing fentanyl right and 
then the Mighty Ducks is like the Mighty Ducks, right? So like if you combine those two, if there's like a happy medium somewhere in the middle, that's what the show felt like to me. And it's almost hard to say that because like, again, those two shows, movie shows, whatever, are so drastically different. Um, Did you go into this not knowing it centered around a sexual assault? I did not. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. And we, I didn't, um, I don't know if I set that up well. Um, This, like one of the main things of the show, aside from hockey families, all those things, is this sexual assault. I believe it happens in the end of episode two, um, which doesn't spoil anything. I think it's important to know going in, like what you're getting into. I do think. Oh, this is uh, spoilers out the window. I'm talking frankly. Okay. So we've... I'm, I'm ruining stuff that, but I, I think we gave you like three weeks heads up. So we I'm did, stuff. but this is also, yeah, this has been finished, finished for a while. So um, yeah, sorry. We're spoiling this. So, I, when you said the villain wasn't that bad, I kind of think of Kevin is the villain because of this situation, because he kind of turns into like when it plays out, he's denying it. And he's obviously becomes like villainous in that way. His dad is obviously this whatever character is villain. Um, but what I did like about it was we saw Kevin and Maya's friendship develop leading up to that. So you saw, like you could understand it, it, he's not just some guy she's she met at a party once and then this happened right like you saw them like hanging out together outside of their houses and talking and becoming friends before this thing happened no and that's what I, I that's what i mean i don't think kevin's the villain at all i think kevin was like just this dude who kind of read his own press clippings um he did a terrible terrible thing an awful thing yeah but you could tell there was so much pressure from his dad to like stay the course and even at the end he tries to redeem himself by saying like, I did it. Like, this is a pro like I did. It. And he like tries to like take yeah. responsibility for it. And his dad just won't hear it. So his dad is like a, a cartoon character villain. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so my other only other takeaway from this is I mentioned last week, there are two more books and I don't know that the writer intended to write three books, but I think it was such a popular book that he did. So, my question is, does HBO then make two more seasons of this? And I don't, I, I guess I could Google where the books go. It's probably, there's probably not a lot of English language articles about it because um, they are written in, is Swedish a language? Swedish is a language. Yes. Sure is. Um, but yeah, I, I would be interested to know where it goes from here. Do we get more of it? Is it over? Do we see what happens with Maya after does it because Kevin's moving right so do we see what happens with Kevin next like what like where do we go from here unless we don't hope, go anywhere I would hope not yeah I think it I think it's pretty good I think it and so you know the arc I guess and the overall theme is um Kevin was the man Kevin was like a god in this town because the the people gave him that power you know what i mean they praised him like they gave him all these excuses and they gave him all these reasons to to um act above the rules and then all of a sudden towards the very end it's come to light that kevin actually did this and kevin is like a pathetic little guy peeing his pants in the snow mm. so it's you know it, it's i think you're i mean you're right on a ba on a basic level kevin is the bad guy but I think the theme of it is it's all perception. Like the town took Kevin's power away when they realized he was a rapist. And then they felt dirty having 
taken his side. It's another way to describe this is I think a real Friday night lights, like a grimy Friday night lights. And Friday night lights was a little grimy. Like Tim Riggins was a little grimy. Well, they, uh, what's his name? Killed a guy. And then that was like one episode and they never go back to it. Uh, Is that what's, what's her name's boyfriend? Yeah, what's his? He's a big actor. I can see now. her he's face. Married, yeah, he's, he's in. To, um, he's married to Kate Bosworth. No, not Ka- Jesse. Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Who is he married to? He's not married. Uh, it's not Kristen, Kate Kristen. Kristen Dunst. There we go. Okay. Or Kirsten Dunst. Kristen Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Shout out to bring it on. Um, can I ask a question about just like one theme of the show? Is it true that um I saw a deer yesterday and I I was reminded of this. Is it true that Animals that are hunted have eyes on the sides of their, like their eyes are more spaced out than the hunter. Is that real? I don't, Do you think about that a lot? I don't know if that's real. I don't know. I guess yeah. I could Google that. A- animals use a lot of senses to de- detect predators though, not just but, eyesight. Actually, but most of the times it's not eyesight. That's crazy though that like, um, what's the survival of the fit, whatever, like um, evolution? evolution was the word I was looking for. Evolution is like, that that happened. I don't know. Sorry. It's, it's, from, it's from episode one. You'll know what I mean if I, but they, cause they talk a lot about the hunter and the hunted. And so like the end with Maya and Kevin, when they're, when she's running oh, really? after him, animals, like, animals, wait, animals with wider eyes, wider set hunters? eyes are the prey and animals oh. with closer eyes. Cause they're looking forward. Tunnel the, vision. Tunnel vision. Yeah. So the predator is looking forward. So their eyes are closer together and the prey the eyes are on the sides of their head. They explain it in episode one when they talk about hunting. I could see that. There's like big, fun, friendly animals with eyes on the opposite side of their heads. And like, you know, yeah. lions and tigers and bears all have like forward. Right. Like humans. Yeah. Okay. So that was a tangent we didn't need, but I was just curious. Um, did you have any other thoughts on Beartown? No, like I said, it, it, it was, um, man, was I impressed by it. It was I was expecting a little bit of teeny bopper stuff, especially like midway through the first episode. But also it's winter, so it's like dark. There's hardly ever daylight outside. Uh, so that had a lot to do with it. Um, it's, you know, it's this bleak blue collar town. Alcoholism is rampant. And here's this one bright spot is the success of this hockey team. And the kid fucks it up. So there's your one F word of the week. Um, Another thing I read was that like the setting of the show is very realistic to where they shot that people that are from Sweden and people that are from uh, the area were like the actors were freezing (laughs) Um, because apparently like where they filmed in Sweden or I'm assuming it was filmed in Sweden was like just brutally cold. And you get a lot of that in the show. Like you can sense like the jackets are a big part of the show, like the sweaters, like you can sense that these people were just freezing their butts off the whole time. And I think that that feels very true to Sweden or what I think when I think of Sweden. Okay. Um, We are good on bear town. My next one is quick because I'm only halfway through, but I'm going to recommend it. So there's two, have you watched either the serpent or who killed Sarah on Netflix. I started who killed Sarah and is kind of like count of Monte Cristo. We right. This guy was put in jail and then he planned his revenge while in jail. And now the revenge is on, Uh, you know why I punted? Why? Because it was sub, it was dubbed and Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a way to make it subtitles. Oh, maybe I was, I was on a, I wasn't at my place, so I couldn't, 
maybe I just okay. did it wrong because that's like a rule because dubbing is so distracting because the acting so bad generally, or just doesn't match the emotions. So I punted midway through. Okay. Interesting. So I, what I was going to say was there's those, those are the two shows that have been in the Netflix top 10 forever. And they've been, I say forever, like a month or two. Um, they feel like kind of the same vibe to me. I chose to do the serpent first and I was going to do who killed Sarah next. So I have not attempted to do the subtitling thing, but usually Netflix makes that. an. Option. I know that's why I was, I'll, I'll have to go back and look, but Interesting. It, so, and it was right after the Zags loss. So I wasn't, I had no patience. See, that's, I just wasn't in the mood for either of those shows at that point, which is why I'm just now getting around to it. I've just been putting it off. Um, who killed Sarah is actually getting a second season coming out in like a week or two. So I figured I could just hmm. start it in the next week. And then if I like it, just keep going when it comes out. I don't know the timing of that. If they had just filmed both, I don't know if they bought it from someone else, but the serpent is actually, so that's the one I went with first. And that one is mostly English, partly French. So I would say it's like 70, 30. Sometimes it feels less. Sometimes it feels like more English. Um, so you're not dealing with a ton of dubbing, which is part of why I chose to go without and first it's BBC, which is weird because BBC is usually pretty good about doing four or five episodes and then we're done. Like we don't need to do eight episodes that are a full hour, which is what the serpent is. Um, it, it's based on a true story. It is a serial killer, um, mostly in Bangkok, but in other places as well. And so we're in Thailand for most of this, but the people do speak French and English and it's interesting. The only thing is it's timeline hopping. And I feel like every show I watch these days is timeline hopping and we're going back and forth between five different timelines. And it always tells you it does five months later, three months earlier, four months later, 1976, 19 like we're, we're kept abreast of what time line we're in but there's there's a lot of it that's my that, that's what i was saying last week about what were we yeah. talking about it was just like four or five years ago six seven years ago it was fun and new and exciting and a, a different way to watch tv now it's just it's old like yeah figure something else out it totally 100 it doesn't ruin the show for me though but i'm just like forewarning anyone who's going to watch it that it's we're we are very very much timeline hopping um but it, it's not enough to be a non-wreck for me like this is a wreck it's it's the seventies. It's a serial killer. It's interesting. Again, it's um, based on a true story and I'm four out of eight episodes in. I do not know that we needed eight full hours, but that's okay. Maybe I'll watch the next four and be like, we definitely needed eight full hours, um, but it's good. And it's not going to be the best show you watch all year. But if you're like looking for something like a series to start, I recommend it. Um, just be aware you're going to jump around in the seventies <laughs> for, for eight episodes. So yeah, I'm, I'm done with four of the episodes and um, yeah, there's, I don't know, interesting character development. Um, and the, like this guy was pretty maniacal. So be prepared, but I do recommend it. The serpent on Netflix. What is your, are you counting bear town as one? So do you have one more? Uh, yeah, I could do one more. I have, I have, I'm I'm over prepared, but I think we've we've droned on long enough that uh, the people could could only use one, and I'm going to be positive. And we've been talking about dark because God, Mayor of Easttown is dark and dreary too, isn't it? As far as the setting is concerned, and the overall premise. Um, I'm looking up where did I put my notes for this episode? 
Uh, I can't find them. So this is me freestyling. On Apple TV, if you were looking for an hour of something to brighten you up before you go to bed and stuff that's super interesting, uh, The Year the Earth Changed on Apple TV, BBC deal, David Attenborough. Um, it's great. It's just about animals, what the animals have been doing while we've been sheltering in place uh, around the globe. It's awesome. There's like cheetahs cruising around like um, African safari resorts. There's <laughs> there's smog there's smog in India that is lifted to the point where you could see the Himalayas, which is like 2,200 miles away or something like freaking outrageous. It's 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 48 minutes, I think. Again, it's on Apple TV. I don't think we give Apple TV a lot of love. It is. It's just fun. There's elephants that are like cohabitating with humans. There's deer that usually like survive off tourists in Japan, but with no tourists, the the deer have to like figure out something else. It's it's wacky stuff. So this dude just went out into the wilderness the last year and was no no no. no. David Attenborough is just the narrator. You've heard his voice a million times. He does all the planet Earth, life, water. It's just BBC people cruising around. It's just yeah. It's the same kind of thing as life, or the oceans two quick things based off that one did you see that my octopus teacher won the I oscar <laughs> okay I two i that's my last thought on that there's actually a really funny negative review um that i read this week that i kind of vibed with but um i don't know i stand by my recommendation if you want to watch something weird the second is have you seen the last cruise on hbo just because you said it was a 48 minute like mini doc yeah the last cruise i think they rushed i think that they waited another six months it could have been really good but it's good. It's good in that it's um it's super like real and meaty. You're on the ship. Like you're on the yeah. ship for, for yeah. the 45 minutes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um and the the numbers are crazy. Like it really takes you back to a time where you're like, whoa, this was a crazy situation. Um, but it's it is about the Diamond Princess, I think it's called, the cruise ship that set sail, I think, from Hong Kong or that area um in February of last year. And by the end of it, like a thousand people on board had COVID and 15 people died or, or some, um, I don't remember the numbers, but if you are looking for a quick mini documentary watch that is compelling and sad and all of the above, that is not actually my last rec. My last rec is an, a Hulu documentary called Hysterical. I believe it's FX on Hulu. It is about female stand-up comedians. Have you seen this or seen anything about this? I've seen stuff about it. Okay. I loved it. It is very heavy on female empowerment, feminism. I don't say that in a negative way. I just say that as a fact of the documentary. Um, it is, I mean, it's funny. It's interesting. They only interviewed women. <laughs> so there are... Um, there are men in this, you see men, but they are not the main interviews. The, they're kind of tertiary characters in these like conversation scenes at comedy clubs and the sit down interviews. I believe I counted cause they put them all up at the end. I believe it's 15 different, like important standup comedians over time who are females. Um, and it's, it is a lot of people so that just you're kind of throughout the documentary you're like well there's more 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 people um but it's really good it's funny it's interesting i love 
stand-up comedy. I love a lot of the people in this. Um, so yeah, it's a good, just a kind of about why it's tougher for female comedians, like what they deal with. And um, just over time, the issues that I don't know, they've kind of put up with. Um, it also was obviously filmed pre-corona because stand-up comedy has taken a huge hit the way that like any kind of musical performances or anything you know these people couldn't perform for months uh, a year basically so there is um I wrote big corona time in my notes I don't know what that means um but there is a reference to corona at the end and kind of how it affected their careers and what it's been like for them but um for the most part it's just about kind of the challenges and everything over time but it's like I said it's interesting it's well done and it's funny and I I love a lot of the women that are in this and it made me want to go to a comedy show close corona uh, speaking of comedian stand-up comedians with with a little bit of range have you ever seen pieces of a woman <laughs> wait what is that oh because is there a comedian in that it... uh, Eliza Schlesinger is in it oh no way she's actually my favorite um comedian that was in hysterical oh no um i did not know she was in that she does have a netflix deal do you think that that's how she got on board um yes because she's also in spencer confidential that is netflix property being part of um no well i laughed when you said pieces of a woman because that's a very serious sad movie correct it's the most serious and sad movie i've seen in like 10 years okay did that win vanessa i know vanessa kirby didn't win did that win anything at the oscars It it didn't win anything but it was nominated. I, I didn't think it should have won anything, but it should have definitely been um, <laughs> another quick uh, side story about my mom. She was like, uh, we just finished watching Pieces of a Woman. And I was like, why would you do that to yourselves on like a Friday night? I felt so bad for my dad having to sit and watch that horrifying movie. And I think she thought that I was talking about Promising Young Woman. You know, I think she confused promising young woman, and which, they, is, which is like a fun Friday night yeah. thing. And they watch pieces of woman instead. And they watch pieces of woman, gotcha. which is horrifying. Well, you yeah, can... no, Eliza Schlesinger, it like has zero jokes, but it's just there to be Vanessa Kirby's sister, which is funny because they kind of look like they could be sisters. Yeah, she's um she's again her specials are on Netflix. She's one of my favorite um, female standups, and she's a very big part of hysterical. She's like I don't know if she's like a sociology major or a psych major or something, but she's very intelligent and well thought out about kind of again like human sociology and the way that we interact with each other. And she has a funny but true explanation of why female comedians have it um, more difficult than men. And I just love her overall. Also, you can tell your mom that. Um, I'll let um I'll let her know when Promising Young Woman becomes available for free because you still have to pay to watch that movie, and I'm waiting for it to be free to stream one day. Yeah, well, to watch it. People who are listening have spent six dollars on much much worse. I so think it's, it's still twenty. No, it's I think, not. I thought it was still nineteen ninety nine. You can buy it for twenty. You can rent it for five ninety nine. Oh, okay. Well, that changes things. I thought it was still nineteen ninety nine. Um, have you watched King of Staten Island? That's free now on HBO Max. Yeah, it's been free for for a little bit. Oh, I'm gonna watch that one soon. I haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, anything else for this week? Uh, no. Programming note: There's a lot of good stuff coming out this week. There's a lot of things that I'm excited about. Um, I'm going to Hawaii, and I don't know if I'm gonna bring my microphone. <laughs> so we may or may not see you next week. Where in you- Hawaii are you going? Maui. 
Where on Maui are you going? Wailea. Wailea. Yeah. And for sure. so apparently there are no rental cars left on the island of, of Maui in the state of Hawaii um, because they sold them when Corona happened, the year the world oh, changed. Good for them. So I'm, I'm trapped. Um, I'm going to, I was going to try and do some hikes and get out of Wailea, but I, it sounds like I am Wailea bound. So are you looking for like sympathy from people by, by complaining <laughs> no. that you're going to be trapped in Wailea? Cause I think I, that's what you were going for. I was just letting, um, people know the, the crazy fact that like, you cannot get a rental car in Maui oh, now. I just, poor, poor you, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I will be sitting by a pool. I might bring my microphone. It doesn't, it's pretty like packable there's probably a better word for that but um i could throw it in my bag and um we could do one of these i'm going to have plenty of free time i guess is what i'm saying um i want no sympathy please do not feel sorry for me i'm very excited i am gonna get sunburned that's um i have not been in the sun in a very long time so maybe feel sorry for my skin i know um i uh i will do my best all right anything else nope we will see you next week aloha (laughs) 